Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Tuesday, the 1st of September. It's tempting to focus just on the August ISM Manufacturing Index in the US because it was so strong, painting a coherent picture of an economy finding it hard actually to keep up with recovering demand. The index rose 1.8 points to 56, which was the best since January 2019, fired by orders up 6.1 points to 67.6, and that included a rise in export orders. Production surged to 63.3, but even so, backlogs still rose to 2.8 points to 54.6, whilst customer inventories fell another 3.5 points to 38.1. I've repeatedly pointed out that this is an economy running short on inventory, and that the need to raise inventory is generating combined supply and demand shocks at the same time. And that's what's turning up here. And of course, one result is that prices are rising. Prices paid rose 6.3 points to 59.5, which is the most inflationary since November 2018, with 17 of 18 sectors paying more and none paying less. Conclusion, this is a comprehensively strong result, but not strong enough to neuter those combined supply and demand shocks. So there will be more to come in September. But what I really want to do today is to look at Japan's Ministry of Finance survey of private sector balance sheets and P&Ls for the second quarter. I love this survey. It's absolutely massive. And in this quarter, it took in 921,000 private companies employing 33.9 million people. It is, by some distance, the most complete and detailed account of how corporate Japan fared during the pandemic and how it tried to manage. And unless Japanese companies are dramatically different to other companies, we should expect similar responses elsewhere in the region and in the world. It allows us to recognize what companies can and can't do when faced with the sort of collapse in demand we saw during the quarter. So here goes. First things first, the headlines are gruesome. Sales fell 17.7% year on year. Profits fell 64.8%. Return on assets fell to an annualized 1.4% from 3.9% at the same time last year. Return on equity fell to an annualized 3.3% down from 9.5%. CapEx dropped 10.3% year on year and cash flow turned negative for the quarter and on a 12-month basis slowed to the lowest since 2009. Pretty bad. The detail in the survey, though, allows us to do a nearly full DuPont analysis of what happened to the ROE. Now, remember, DuPont analysis tells us that changes in ROE are exhaustively explained by just four ratios, margins, asset turns, financial leverage, and the tax rate. A company can act to alter three of these four, and possibly all four. Beyond that, there is nothing any company can do that will affect its ROE. That's the beauty and power of DuPont analysis. And with this survey, we can do the first of those three ratios for private sector Japan. Margins, asset turns, and leverage. First, margins. With sales down 17.7% and operating profits down 64.8%, obviously, 
operating margins collapsed, down 186 basis points on the quarter to 2.05% only. The problem is that the cost of goods sold ratio fell only 7 basis points to 76.6% of sales, but SG&A, that sales expenses and admin, rose 193 basis points to 21.3% of sales. Most of that rise is, of course, personnel expenses. And even though the number of people employed fell by 6.5% year-on-year and personnel expenses fell 7.3% year-on-year, there's no way that can compensate for a 17.7% drop in sales. So the personnel expenses-to-sales ratio rose 196 basis points to 14.5%. Or look at it this way. The sales-to-expenses multiple per employee fell from 7.74 times in the first quarter to just 7.54 times in the second quarter. Clearly, corporate Japan hasn't been willing to cut its payrolls in response to the collapse in sales. But also, clearly, head office has taken its share of cuts. It hasn't been enough to rescue margins. But really, would you expect any company to cut to suit pandemic conditions? Second, asset turns, or the ratio of sales to total assets. Well, there's not much any company can do to protect its asset turns during a pandemic, and the collapse has been dramatic from an annualized 0.81 times in the first quarter to just 0.67 times in the second quarter. Needless to say, that's a record low. Corporate Japan cut the growth of its assets to just 0.3% year-on-year, but plainly that's not enough when your sales are falling 17.7%. Efforts were made. Accounts receivable fell 14.6%. Securities holdings fell 22.4%. And inventory holdings were also shaved 1.8%. But these were largely offset by an 11.2% rise in cash holdings an easily identified and possibly justified defensive move, surely. And on top of that, remember, fixed assets still account for 57% of corporate assets, and there's not much you can do about that. So asset turns also fell badly, but once again, what do you expect? Finally, there's financial leverage, i.e. total assets divided by shareholders' equity. Total assets rose 0.3% year-on-year, while shareholders' equity fell 1.1%. So financial leverage actually rose slightly to 2.42 times from 2.38 times in the second quarter of last year. This is the sole positive development, and it will have slightly moderated the fall in ROE. And you find the same thing in net debt-to-equity ratio, with net debt rising 9.8% as company borrowed short, borrowed long, raised bonds, and did that more than they raised their cash holdings. As a result, the net debt-to-equity ratio rose to 45.8% from 41.3% in the second quarter last year. This is actually the highest net debt-to-equity ratio Japan has held since 2017, and it runs counter to a multi-decade sustained fall in this ratio. Normally, you'd see this as something of an aggressive move. In this case, however, it's clearly defensive. The lesson is very clear when there there is no place to hide when sales fall 17.7%. I think corporate Japan did pretty much all it could have been expected to do. In fact, it did slightly more with the 10.3% year-on-year fall in CapEx actually being quite modest given the negative cash flow it was having to cope with. 
Well, that's all for today, and I'm sorry it was rather longer than usual, but thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of it, and if you did, of course, please spread the word. If you'd like to know more about cold water economics, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor, on mjtcoldwater at fastmail.com. Thank you.